0: the music. What's going on, my friends? Welcome to episode 27 the of the Get A our podcast, bringing you the hot takes, latest stories, and spicy pics surrounding New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, national, and international sports. Hosted by yours truly, Adam Grassani. Joined this time around by Michael Cunningham and Alex Reach. You can listen to the podcast right now on SoundCloud, our podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at GetAGameOnP. With all that said, it's time to get a game on. I'm sorry for that um very you know um samba intro there, Michael and Alex. But if you guys know me, I think you know what the samba intro is for. Unfortunately, I can see Alex smiling already. A piece of shit. But unfortunately to his um and I don't know where Mike Sanza is to his amusement and my um misery, the uh 2021 Brooklyn Nets season has come to an end. What a pity. He so still has the Sixers season coming <laughs> to an end as well. Yeah, so as the Sixers, but we'll 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 start with start with the Nets. I mean This hurts. I mean this really Really hurts. I mean, where do I even begin? I mean, it, it was an amazing game, Seven game. That was a very entertaining game to watch, and it was close all the way throughout, but it really, this really, really stings. This is a loss that, um, in my, that, that is really gonna, as a fan, is gonna stick with me. That is gonna stick, that that really, as a fan, is going to stick with me for like a very long time because there are so many things that if just that could have gotten us way, and that could have won the game. I mean, Kevin Durant had just another unbelievable game. Remember when we were talking about like like we needed – whether or not we were going to see another like game five performance of Kevin Durant. He gave us that in game seven. He had like 48 points, very efficient shooter. I believe he had – what, how many rebounds? I forget. I'll, I'll look up his official stats right when I get the chance, but he was unbelievable. And he came, he came like this close to any that. Um, When he hit that unbelievable shot to tie the game, his foot was like just barely on the line. And if it was just like literally like a centimeter, like inch away from the line, like that's it. And that's when the game, and they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. And, But as they say, it's a game of inches, and it just didn't, and it just did not go, um, and you know, it just uh did not go in its way, like in overtime, you know, um, um, and you could see like in overtime, Kevin Durant like had nothing left. He had clearly like, um, I think that's once I think this is um one of those games where um you could clearly see like Kevin Durant literally gave everything he had on in that game seven and unfortunately he came up just short. I got more to say, but Michael Alex, turn it over to you.
1: Honestly, for me,
0: Kevin Durant has
1: something that have have nothing to be ashamed of. That was a great that was the one of the greatest basketball games I ever seen played in my life. Kevin Durant, who's probably the best scorer in NBA history, I'm saying that. He's better scored than Michael Jordan. And Jordan is the greatest of all time. The Nets have nothing to be ashamed of. You guys waited a year for Kevin Durant to be healthy. You guys got him. This is where it took you to. We don't know where James Harden is going to lead. You know what I mean? For this offseason. Are you just going to sign him? If I were the Nets, get rid of Joe Harris. Joe Harris got to get off the team. Like, you know I mean? Joe Harris disgraced me watching the Nets. Oh, my God. Adam, I know you. But if I had to to the Bucks, That was a hell of a game. Cause here's the thing. Giannis finally got to the Eastern Conference Finals in, in the last two years. If he doesn't lose, if he doesn't win, he can't say he's the greatest player in this in this decade. Because they had high hope for high, high hopes for him. Honestly, I don't see the Bucks winning championship out of the East. They're not making it out of the East. I'm saying how the Hawks been playing. I mean, we'll yeah. we'll we'll discuss that later on. But online. that's just but, a different story. But yeah. but the Nets played great, took their hat out, Steve Nash. But I'll, only reason why they didn't win, Adam, yeah. they don't, they don't got that, did they? Don't got that lockdown defender
0: for the playoff team. And that's a I, seven. I I think there's many reasons why. It went. And number one, I gotta get to uh, the elephant in the room, and that is Joe Harris. I mean. This guy, like throughout the regular season, and, and, and even like early on, I think, what was it, game one or game two and the Sucks series? He was lights out for the Nets. He was like, um, he literally established himself as one of the best uh, shooters in the league. And from game three on, he was nowhere in this series. He was absolutely terrible. And if there's one guy that you want to say, this is the reason why the Nets lost this game, I think Joe Harris has to be like, has to be that guy. I mean, you guys remember um, in overtime with 55 seconds left, yeah. Joe Harris has a wide open three, a wide open three that like if that nine times out of 10 he makes it. Except for um he has this wide open three and he misses it. It's it? then that's what, what I believe what, up by 2 Ooh, with like 50 seconds left. If Joe Harris makes that three, they have a five-point lead, and the game's basically over. But of course, Joe Harris, like being so ice cold, misses it, and Yance goes on the, and then the Bucks go on to um win the game, and
1: it's for the first just four game – it,
0: it's, it's, it's just and it's just depressing. I gotta get on Steve Nash for something. I gotta get on uh, Steve Nash. I want to give a shout out to um a. Uh, a um, basketball youtuber who goes by the name of Netsboy. I don't know. I don't know if you guys are I'm sure most of you have never heard have never listened to Black Assist have never heard of him. Um go search up Netsboy Boy right now on YouTube. He he makes excellent Nets content and like uh, he makes excellent next he makes great Nets videos. Um he brought up a really great point about the coaches Steve Nash. Like Throughout the entire throughout this entire game throughout the entire series, he was going with basically what a six man six seven man rotation. Like in Game Seven, like I I mean I, I'm not sure like exactly how well he spread out the minutes, but with Joe Howe struggling that badly? Why is it Landry Shamich seeing more minutes? Why is it Tyler Johnson seeing more minutes? Why isn't uh Nicholas Claxton seeing more minutes? Because clearly like um they're only like um. Cause are throwing out um, Blake Griffin to guard Giannis, which obviously, like, I wouldn't necessarily call it a misbatch, but we could clearly see who has the advantage there. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, uh, so we didn't give enough minutes to him. Um, so why, uh, why isn't he giving enough misses guys? Why is he like? Why was he like? Oh, uh, uh, let me let me bring up the box score for you guys, so I can show you guys the minutes. This is just this is game seven. In game seven, um the Net Starters uh, um played like um um also again yeah, like Kevin Ray had 50 minutes, Blake Griffin had 40 minutes, Joey had 47 minutes, Bruce Brown had um 52 minutes, and James Harden had 53 minutes. Why is Jeff Green only getting 13 minutes? Why is Nicholas Class not even getting a minute? Why is Ledger Sharon not only getting seven minutes and why is, it Tyler, uh, why is it Tyler Johnson and Mike James? Why, it, why did um, Steve Nash like constantly throw his, throw his especially the ones who were, sh- who were struggling with? Joe Harris was struggling that badly. You gotta give Landry Sharon some um, looks because uh, he is by far like one of the better shooters. I think with Joe Harris struggling, Landry Sharon could easily could have been the guy to get hot in his place. and And another thing to guard Giannis, and That's Defensive issues, as you mentioned, Michael. Where was DeAndre Jordan this series? Did DeAndre Jordan play one minute this series? I believe he didn't. I mean, that is just, in my opinion, that's completely like unacceptable. Like, I, and I'm not the biggest DeAndre Jordan fan. I think, like, I think what he brings to this team is very is like, I think what he brings to this team is very limited, but. As a big, he's still like um. That's the reason why he's still on the scene to be that big body, to be that big center, to be that um physical force that could go up against uh, like, Giannis and like, be that rim protector. And he doesn't see a minute in this series. I don't know. I just I just think that was uh, just um very questionable coaching decisions by Steve. So not necessarily blaming the loss directly on him, but I'd be lying if I if I said that um. There um split weren't like um some questionable um rotation decisions. There was a lot of decisions. Uh, I mean, but and honestly, like going forward for the Nets, I mean, when you look back on this season, like it's hard to call it a failure because we all like this thing. We can nitpick like Steve Nash, we can get on Joe Harris for being a <laughs> bum in this series. We could get on Kevin Durant's foot being on the line. At the end of the day, the you, you want to know the real reason that Nets lost the series. What's the real reason, brother? Because, because half of the Big Three was out. That's the reason why it's lost the series. Kyrie Irving only played like um, Game One and like in was out Game Two, so Ky- Kyrie Irving basically did play a series and. James Harden basically, and James Harden played on and basically played on one leg this series, so that's ultimately the reason why um the the Nets lost. Oh. So I said like at the time, like with all three of the big three are healthy, the Nets are literally unbeatable. There's not a single team, at least right now in the NBA, that could beat them. When two of the big three are healthy, when when two of the big three are are healthy, they're very heavy title favorites. Like. Like there's like even with just two of the big three healthy and all their role players like they're still like one of if not the favorite twenty NBA title with just one of the big three healthy with just one of them out there fully healthy. I'm sorry, the Milwaukee Bucks are simply a better team. Like with Giannis and Chris and and beyond. Like obviously Kevin Durant is like the best player in the series. He's the best player in my opinion in the plant right now, but. Aside from that, aside from that, who did the Nets have behind them? They had Jace Harden on one leg, they had Joe Harris who couldn't make a shot to save his life, and I mean you got Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown, some really nice guys that could play. But but then you compare it to what the Bucks have behind Giannis, Giannis. You have Chris Milton, you have PJ Tucker, you have Drew Halda You got some guys that can really back up Giannis. So. With one, the with only one of the big three fully healthy, I'm sorry, the Bucks are simply just a better team than the Nets, and, and I think the Milwaukee Bucks proved it. Proved They, um, and I think that was just proven. The Milwaukee Bucks, like, with just one of the big three healthy, the Milwaukee Bucks is just simply the better team. They were the better team. I they I mean, so, so going so going forward for the Nets. I mean. What's gonna happen? Uh, we know that Spencer Dinwiddie, like just recently, opted out of the uh, of his, his contract, so he's gonna be free agent. He had A player option he declined it, so he's gonna be a free agent. Don't know what the Nets are gonna do with him. I'll, I'll we'll probably uh, save that for another episode. But I don't know if you recently heard this: all three of the Nets' big three are currently available for contract extensions. If I'm Sean Marks, that's priority number one this offseason. Getting Kyrie Irving locked up long-term. Getting James Harden locked up long-term. Getting Kevin Durant locked up long-term. long-term. Get all three of these guys extended. I think that needs to be, like, the Nets' um, biggest biggest priority going to offseason. Along with, um, we'll see what the Nets decide to do with Joe Harris. I mean, even, I don't know about you guys, but... I've heard a lot of people saying like the Nets should trade him. I'm not will- I'm not sure if I'm willing to go that far, but we'll But we'll we'll we'll, we'll see what the Nets do. I, mean, I mean Sean Mark Street spoke at a press conference and at, at the season press conference and it doesn't sound like he's he's gonna be shopping Joe but I don't know, we'll see. But again, like they need to- like if he can get like make sure you get that extension with the big three done cause I believe their contracts like they're under contract for next season, but then and after next season they could all opt out. So getting like them extended like has to be priority number one. And see if you can I mean, um see if you can bring back some of the um of the real players and keep the screws down. See if you can bring back Blake Griffin, see if you can bring back um at the at, is Lynch Cameron a free agent? I think Jeff Green's a free agent, so bring back him, but make sure you bring back some of you guys, see if you can get like um a, a big man, see if you can get like a, a, a wing defender. Like, um, and I think this team, like, if you get the big three healthy and you and you give them enough, like, and you give them enough support, like, this team is gonna be uh, this team is obviously gonna be like very, very dangerous heading into 2022, the 2021 2022 season. Alex, you have any thoughts? Uh
2: yeah, I am interested to see if the nets make any any uh big huge trades during the off season and and I yeah, I think that um it's going to be interesting to see uh, if they keep Joe Harris or or go the other route of getting another deep threat shooter. But I'm not sure because I'm, I'm not the Brooklyn uh, president and it's not, it's going to take some time for them to to get their ideas right and see what they need to do before uh, the trade deadline comes around. And I just think that they they have all the pieces, it's just that can, can they go ahead and bring in another shooter that can have the ability,
0: just like Joe Harris. Yeah. I mean the the thing that let's see two things like uh, obviously A they need to get the big three extended that's priority number one but if there's two things they need aside from that uh, um it would be um they need to get the big three uh, extended fully healthy number one. But if there's anything they need besides that, it's A like they need like more help on the defensive like wing. They 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 need like a defensive wing and another thing they need is um they need um, they need a big body. That's what they need. They really need like that that big body like at the center position. Um, and we'll see what maybe Nick maybe um, maybe Nick Nicholas Claxton like takes a huge step forward and, and and like fills in that void like for the net. like or maybe they go out there and they find someone via trade or something. Um, I mean we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens for the nets going for, forward, but. That's all we're gonna. That's all we're gonna touch upon the nets for now. Um, but so now, now that I've had my time to share my misery, it's time for my friend Alex here to get a chance to um, share his misery. As the seventy as as of the nets are eliminated, and the 76ers were eliminated along with the nets at the at the hands of the Atlanta Hawks. So, Alex, my friend, the floor is yours.
2: Okay, uh, this is this comes from my heart and what I really think about this team heading into next season. Um, I just th- I just think that keeping Ben Simmons for for the rest of the playoffs this season has been a complete beyond fail and. I I don't know what to do with I mean if I'm Daryl Murray, which is the sixers president, I would look into trade offers and see what's best available for him. I just honestly I, I don't think he can fix his shooting issue and it's gonna be a problem. If he keeps his foot with the Sixers, uh, and I don't see him being a great asset to the team, and I've I've been listening to Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio all week, and people really want a trade, which is which involves either CJ McConaughey or the Angel Russell, and. I'm. I'm not. People are very optimistic about that conversation, and I'm. I'm interested to see where that goes. Where the when the time comes, I just. I just think that. Even if they beat the Hawks in that series, they they not have the ability to. To, have. A NBA Finals experience this year because the lack of of production of the Sixers' offense yeah. is is really out of control and and another thing that I hold is Ben Simmons is immature and he's I, I, yeah I
0: I think I think Stephen A mentioned that first take right about Ben Simmons. Yeah. Because here's I, the thing, here's the thing. When we could get yeah. on Joe Harris, like for for um the choke job he, he had in the series. If what Joe Harris did was a choke job, then what Ben Simmons is is like a like gag concert, if you will. It was way worse. Ben I don't know what happened with Ben Simmons, boys. Ben Simmons was near
1: the hoop. Literally wide open Passes or wide open shot. You're two feet away from the hoop. What the heck was Ben Simmons thinking? What the bloody heck was Ben Simmons doing? Boy, come on. I ten, was, times, it, not, ten times out of ten, people
2: were putting that in the hoop. Honestly. I think he, I think he's just afraid to do whatever he would want to do with the ball.
1: I don't give a damn. You are six foot ten you the,
2: or if God gives you a wide open layup, you
1: take it. You take it. It's common sense. You take it. It's called basketball one on one. I know the Sixers fans are stupid when it comes to it, because including Ben Simmons, who's the player. Honestly, for me, Ben Simmons needs to go back to Australia and learn how to play basketball again. Cause for example, a certain guy in this podcast, by the name of Adam Krasani doesn't doesn't know what the word pass means. But but at least he knows when to shoot. The same you big boy scout, you filled up for your sixers Boy Scout over there. You know how to shoot when you're wide open. It's called common sense. Point is Ben Simmons, you're making millions and millions of dollars to put the bat to put the ball in the hoop. Motherfucker, just do it.
2: Christ.
0: Alex has something to say.
2: Yeah, so Sixers president, Daryl Morey addressed the media earlier today. And there's this tweet that I would like to uh, to talk about. Um, it says, Dale Morey when asked directly whether Ben Simmons will be a Sixers season, his answer was, any move that will help our team win and approved our odds to win the championship, we will look at and do what it makes sense. He prefaced it saying that it wasn't suspe- specific to Ben Simmons.
0: Yeah, I definitely think, like, um I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll get to the off-season talk, like, in another episode, but long story short, guys, I don't f- – I, I would be like, uh, I would not be surprised at all if Ben Simmons is not a 76er uh, um, next season.
2: I just don't think his chemistry fits Joel Embiid. And, yeah. And it's it's really disappointing to see. But at the same time, I just think that it's, it's right for them to move on and get... A high, deep threat shooter in this year's draft, and and have that maturity in what Tyrese Maxey has, because he's been more legit than Ben Simmons when it comes to shooting. And I just think that they need one one more solid shooter like him to get to get everything going in this offensive part of this team, and I think that it's going to look a ton different if they move on with Ben Simmons, and it's just that I'm not sure what will come in the offers and how much the Sixers have to get rid of with Ben Simmons and some of the other pieces that might come with it, and I think that that will be a huge huge story when the time comes and it's gonna look a ton a lot different if it happens. But I just think that the, the whole organization needs to re- refresh everything and start over. no matter if they keep Simmons or not. I mean, if they keep Simmons, then you would have to look into a great deep threat shooter, like maybe another Tobias Harris or, or someone like him, but it's, it's going to be a a long off season. And I just, I'm, I'm kind of worried about Ben Simmons and his future. with in the NBA, like I've, once he stepped on the court in South Philadelphia, the first time he was a 6 I I felt really confident in him, seeing his highlights from LSU. And it just, it breaks my heart to say that I can't, I can't uh, have, have faith in this guy. And And they need to move on with whatever they need to do to
0: be successful. Couldn't have said much better myself, Alex. I mean, both our teams, like, we're gonna, are heading to very interesting off seasons. I All think. right, boys. Your teams are playing golf like my teams are right now. We
1: playing golf right
0: now. Yeah. <laughs> Could it's you tough. have imagined um, – Guys, if I told you at the beginning of the playoffs that the Lakers, Sixers, and Nets wouldn't be playing the Eastern Conference Finals, would you? You guys would all call me crazy. I would have been like, "What kind of weed are you smoking?" <laughs> yeah. Well, guys. All right. So, so guess what? It's time for uh, what pun am I going to use this time? You make, <laughs> make you, you gotta make up for it, Adam. All right, all right, all right. I got I got I got to think of something. I gotta think of something. It's time for the. Si- of the episode that does like a vacuum in that. It cleans up all the shit. That's called Mike's Hot Take. Michael Cunningham, take it away. Thank you, brother Adam. You know what, boys? I was thinking
1: about, you know, what kind of what kind of hot take would I have? I'm going to talk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it up today. Since it's about basketball, I'm gonna talk about the greatest playoff role player performer I ever seen play in my life. You know who I'm you know who I'm gonna say? Like, not an all-star, not a superstar, not a great player, a great role player. I'm gonna say, if y'all like to your viewers out there, who remembers a guy named by the name of Robert Ori? Let's see, guys. Every team he played for, he won a championship for. He won a championship. He played for the Lakers, not Rockets first, Lakers, and then he played for the Spurs. I want to see how many championships he, he won seven championships. I got it. He won seven championships. Two with uh Houston. They played for four teams. Two with Houston and one, two with three with the Lakers, and then two with the Spurs. This brother knew how to win. You know what I'm saying? The brother knew how to win. He knew how to win championships, boys. You know what I mean, Adam? Yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying. Robert Horry, who had, like, the greatest playoff performances ever. Who remembers? I don't think y'all are going to remember this. I remember it was 2002, Lakers versus Kings, in the Western Conference Finals, game four. Kobe, y'all probably heard not seen the highlight. Kobe on the move, misses the layup. Shaq tries to tip it in. Shaq tips it out, and Vlade tips it out all the way to Ori. Ori for three. Ori for the win. Goes in. Like he was like a playoff performer, brother. He was stuck in the regular season, but when that bright lights, like Robert Ori had at least, at least over at least five, ten great performances. I say that's probably the greatest player i ever seen play. You, you helped Akeem win a championship. Kobe and Shaq win a championship. You were coached by probably the greatest, two of the greatest basketball coaches in NBA, no, three. really. Uh, you had Phil Jackson with the Lakers, and you had Greg Popovich with the Spurs, and you played with probably the two best centers in the NBA of all time, in Akeem and Shaq, the greatest power forward in NBA history and Tim Duncan. And you play with probably the second best shooting guard ever to play the game of basketball, which is my idol. Mr. the late great Kobe Bean Bryant. So boys, we every NBA player needed a Robert Ori in the playoffs. You know what I mean, Adam? You need that one good role player that can step up with the All-Stars and Superstars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because in the playoffs. You're all your superstars can't win every game for you. Yet you have it's a twelve man, it's a twelve basketball, it's a twelve man sport. Usually ten to eight to ten player sport. It's from the coaching staff to the players. You gotta know your versatile. You gotta know your. You gotta know your thing. Sorry, viewers. Alex is going to the potty because he's not potty trained yet.
0: <laughs> so. Michael, Adam. let's be respectful here. Let's be respectful. <laughs> sorry, Adam had a to lead too. He, uh,
1: his, 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 his woman called him. To the viewers, sorry viewers, Adam is in a serious relationship. Sorry, sorry to all the uh, girls out there on the show. <laughs>
2: Adam's a very, very taken serious man. Oh, Mike, I did not have to go to the bathroom. I just had to grab a drink. Sorry, yeah, Alex, hey. just, I
0: just had to grab a drink. Give him a break, Michael. <laughs> hey,
1: I know you two aren't potty trained, but that's a different part of my hot take. But the point is, you need to have a great role player to be in the NBA, for an NBA team. For example, Jordan had Paxson. LeBron had, had Ray Allen. Kobe had Ori and Ron Artest. Duncan had like like you gotta have a great role player. The Lakers had Michael Cooper. You just gotta have a good role player, gonna energize the player to help you start a run. And by at the end of this, this was Mike hot And I'm saying Robert Ori is probably the greatest playoff role player, in my opinion, of all time. We are looking up, look at his highlights to order to get your game on viewers and podcast followers. Look up, watch Robert Ory's player performance's top 10. You'll see what I'm talking about. And this is my hot take. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you for that awesome hot take there. Um, Alex, you want to go ahead? Any questions? Anything you approve or disapprove? Go ahead. I approve. I approve it, too. So congratulations, Michael. You are, I think that's her. Was the 24th approval now. Congratulations. So I'm on the high street, baby. But now we got to talk some baseball, and uh, before, I'll, I'll get to the Yankees in a second because I got a lot of thoughts on them. But I have to say, this sticky stuff, this, this thing where we're always checking pitchers mid game. And like what they did with Max or what they did with Jacob Degrom, I think it's a joke. I think that is just like, I mean, like for a sport that is always like, um, for a sport that is like trying to promote like pace of play. That's that's one of the big issues like with baseball trying to grasp a new um, this a new generation is they. Trying to fix the pace of play, like speed up the game, like the game's too slow. How is this? How is this? Like, um, you like? And what plays about uh, how um, slow baseball is? Right? You think this? This is just like the icing on the cake to have like um have umpires go up there and search, basically um strips searching up the ground. I mean. I mean, I could have used better terminology there, but does you guys agree? I think, like, I just think that MLB could have handled this situation, like, with pitchers and sticky stuff so much better than what, what they're doing right now. I think what they've created right now is just a complete another shit bomb because, like, again, this is always a rule that pitchers aren't allowed to use these type of substances. Um, they're allowed to use substances to get a better grip on the ball, but they're not allowed to use substances that um, like increase their spin rate, and could give like an unfair advantage. So this was always real, but now LB's finally starting with um, with the like uh, with like what the dead balls of unlike two offenses around the league. LB's finally starting to get their head out of their ass and try to finally enforce like their own rules and. This is how they're enforcing it. Like they have enough pace of play issues already, and and like now, I was just gonna do like to the product of the sport. I mean, I said before, I said, and I said this before. This could have easily been handled if both like MLB and the Players Association could just come together. Let's find a substance that we can agree that pitchers can use that that can use. um, let's let's find a legal substance that all pitchers can use. That helped them get bear better grip on the ball, but also doesn't give them enough bad bears. Let's just let pitchers just let's just let let's let pitchers just do that and bam, problem solved. But no, they have to make a complete circus out of it. I mean, I'll, Michael Alex, Ox, I see you have your hand raised there. Go ahead. Uh, so I so saw tonight was a very inventful night
2: in Major League Baseball with this situation. Uh, first off, in the Phillies Nationals game, Joe Girardi, uh, I, th- I don't think he got ejected. I'm, did he I get forget. ejected? I, I, f- I feel like he did, but he, he kept yelling at Max Scherzer because he thought that There was something suspicious with him touching his hat. And I'm not sure if he he didn't have anything that that they were looking for, but it was a very tough situation. And I don't think either side uh, made made it very smooth and and it was just a bad look in that game. And I just think that it's a, it's uh just a bad situation overall and yeah, things things like that can't can't happen often. And another thing that is on my mind is it was in the Oakland game, Oakland against I think it's against the Texas Rangers, and the Oakland pitcher had to literally uh, take his belt off and pull down his pants halfway. Exactly. And which is which I is mean unbelievably annoying.
0: I mean like, like it's just I, a complete complete mess, right Alex? Yeah.
2: Yeah, this is this is what slows the game. And I've I've been hearing people talking about how slow of the game of baseball is nowadays. And this is just getting worse and worse as the days go on. And I'm not sure how how things are going to be in the future with this. And I think I I heard this on ESPN yesterday. Someone said, I think it was on baseball tonight. So someone said that they should not have done this starting in, in the middle of the season. And they should just uh, waited the whole thing out the rest of the season and start, start with this in the uh, start of 2022 season. And it's just a complete nonsense mess with this and, and I'm not even, it's hard to point the words of what MLB is gonna go forward and doing with this and it's terrible to see what what is happening, but it's the reality of today and I mean I just I'm just speechless
0: of to say what's next. I mean, it's just a complete mess and we all know why like um, I mean it's just we all know uh, all like um. Again, this could easily be solved by both MLB and the Players Association agreeing on a substance that that could be used for pitchers to get better grip on the ball. Cause, cause I say players getting a grip on the better grip on the ball is important. Cause it helps the if they if they do that, it like um, reduces the risks of them losing control and potentially like hitting a batter. So, so it does help like promote like the safety of the game. So I can understand that. So. Why can't, like, both the uh, us Players Association and the, and the league come up with a substance that can help pitchers get a better grip on the ball, but also not give them an advantage by increasing their spin rates? So, but again, like, we all know, we all know this. The MLB and the owners and the players relationship is at an all-time low, and all this stuff is just, it's basically negotiating tactics for the upcoming CBA, which, 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 this is—we're not going to be talking about this for like a bunch of episodes right now, but uh, like this is something we'll, we'll talk about like way on in the future. But all I have to say is, be pre- for for the upcoming MLB CBA negotiations, guys, be prepared for an absolute shit show. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, Michael, you have anything? Anything? The thoughts on what we're saying? Or you just agree with us? One hundred percent agree with you cats. All right, all right. So we'll talk some. We'll um, we'll talk a little bit of Yankees. Um, for for a minute. um, Yankees are actually are uh, they're playing good. I mean they're, they're playing Barry. like, I mean they're they're playing um, de- they're playing a decent. I believe they what they've won like what five out of the last six. I'm sorry, five out of the last six because unfortunately they could, unfortunately they lost today to um, the uh. Was a Kansas City Royal? So I'm pretty sure like our good friend Chris is enjoying that. But here's the one thing, here's the one takeaway I have about the Yankees. Here's the one takeaway. Actually, actually there's two, this is too, and, and, and it ha- has something like to do with uh, today's game. Gary Sanchez has an unbelievable. The, this guy, like um, and I'm gonna admit, I'm gonna admit. I'm not his biggest fan. I've been, I've been a, a Gary Sanchez critic, if you if you will. Because here's the thing. Because the guy, like in recent years, like has just been the definition of inconsistent. In 2018, stunk up the, in the entire year. In 2019, had an excellent first half and then fell off in the second half. And we all know how bad he was in 2020. <laughs> And and he and it started back like out the same from in the start twenty 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 one. It looked like more of the same. He only hit fastball, like um, he couldn't hit over to over to Mendoza's line to save his life. It just looked like same old disappointing Gary Sanchez. But the guy, like I don't know, like have you guys seen what he's done? Like over the past, like was it um twenty games now? So this is not like some. I mean it's still technically a small sample size, but over the past three, guys, I believe he's hitting over 300. I believe his like slugging percentage is like his slugging percentage is like um what, over six hundred OPS is off the charts. I mean the guy has just is just finally starting to figure out how to play. As a Yankees fan, I could be happier. I said before I've never been like um a pom-poms waving guy for Gary Sanchez, but I've always said, the guy has always had the talent. I never, ever once questioned, like, Gary Sanchez's talent. Talent-wise, like, I said, like, um, on Twitter, I said on his podcast, Gary Sanchez, like, um, at his best, is, like, just as dangerous of a bat as Aaron Judge John Carl Stanton. He's that level of a dangerous threat at the Yankees, in the Yankees lineup when he's on, but Unfortunately, but unfortunately just like the recent in recently the consistency hasn't been there, but now he's finally starting to get his swing back. Now he's finally starting to um get his like rhythm back and I just it could I could be at ap- to see. I mean I've got more stuff to say, but Michael, like you wanted to add something?
1: You nailed it right in the head for me, man. But but the Yankees are playing good baseball right now. Um, Stan has been playing great, but Sanchez, he, he's killing me. He's killing <laughs> it, yeah. Uh, our pitchings are we our ace Garrett Cole is playing good. We have Adam, in my opinion, we have the
0: best team on paper. Well, I don't know how the, they're, they're one guys. of the best teams in baseball on paper, yeah. But I don't know how we can't put it on the field. Yeah, the, I mean, um, they the Yanks have been playing better baseball as as of late. Like, hold on, <laughs> let me let me check. Um, they've won. of... Uh, they uh, they took two out of three from Oakland. They swept the Blue Jays. So I mean, they lost. So they've they're like um by me like um they've been playing a lot better baseball. They really have. Now getting back to the topic of Gary Sanchez is that this past game against the Royals, which which um unfortunately it six to five, I've we're all looking forward to seeing Nicky lineup because with Garrett Cole on the mound, like and with how Gary Sanchez has been hitting, you figure that Gary Sanchez might be in the lineup. But here's the thing Gary Sanchez wasn't in the lineup. It was this sad. Garrett Cole's now, I guess you could call him, personal catcher. Kyle, I got shoker. And I did not like that move one bit because, and for multiple reasons. Number one, I love Garrett Cole. And I, I generally, you know, he's one of my favorite players on the Yankees. Like, love watching him play, love his competitive spirit. Like, I love everything about Garrett Cole. But I'm sorry, with Gary Sanchez. Hitting this hot with Gary Sanchez finally starting to figure it out. I'm sorry, Aaron Boone, you've you've got to tell Gary Cole, the man of, and finally like this this personal catch nonsense with Kyle Garcia and have him be, and have uh have like Gary Sanchez catch him. Like enough is enough with like um like Cole on this personal catcher BS with Kyle Garcia. Now, Hiroshoka did hit a home run today, so so like um. So ultimately turned out to be the right move. So I'll give so I'll give Booney and, and them a, a, a pass for this one. But going forward, if Gary Sanchez continues to hit it if Gary Sanchez continues to hit at this level, I'm sorry. Like he has to be the everyday catcher going forward. That's even when Cole pitches. I mean, Garrett Cole's gonna have to sooner rather than later, Garrett Cole's gonna have to learn to pitch to Gary Sanchez. I, I don't know what uh, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when if Gary Sanchez could Gary Sanchez could this up to uh, if Gary Sanchez continues to hit like this it's just that simple it is just that simple and coming to this game, like um a reason why I think it was a very poor or, or a decision coming in was you, you're gonna risk Gary Sanchez today. Then so so that means Gary Sanchez is gonna be playing the next day. Then like um on two third Tuesday is the day game, which which um get, you assume like day game after a night game like ca- that you, you only rest like Gary Sanchez that day. So out of two of these three games, you're not gonna start like one of your hottest batters. and that in my opinion like is like it's just like um very bad managing managing like unless like unless Gary Sanchez DH's on Thursday, but then guess what? You're saying John Carlos Stanton. So I mean I don't know. I just think like I just think like Gary Sanchez Kyle Sugar did hit a home run, so it all worked out in the end. So I'm just gonna so I'm just gonna let this one go. But eventually like um Amber has got to tell Girko hey you're gonna eventually have to pitch to Gary Sanchez. Enough of this pro Ursula Kadra BS. Michael, Alex? This reminds
1: me of the Randy Johnson and Jorge Posada thing back in the day. Because Randy Johnson didn't like pitching the Jorge Posada. When they had John Flattery, they were doing the same crap with the Yankees. If you're the ace of, I going to say you want to have your own personal catcher, but say like that catcher gets hurt, you have to pitch to your to your goal to catch it. So I don't know who you said it was
0: the problem, Adam Cole. Who who needs a personal catcher? Uh, Gary Cole. Garrett Cole like um had this Kyle Higashioka was Gary Cole's personal has been Gary Cole's personal catcher. I don't know why. You know, first of all, Gary Sanders is a better
1: catcher, but. If it makes the team win, it makes the team win. Think about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, Alex, do you have any thoughts? Uh
2: I think that I don't know, it's it's kind of hard to say as a Philadelphia sports fan. It just I feel like the Yankees have been like inconsistent with the their at bats and they've been they've been hitting less than they want to. And I just think that I mean I don't know, it's it's just hard to point the words of what the team really is.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've been playing well as of lately. They have they, they really have. I mean, I mean, this was a rough loss to the Royals. I mean, don't get me wrong, but aside from that, they've been playing well. So we'll see if they can keep this up. We'll see, like, if uh, if they if they can keep this up going forward. So, I mean, that's really all I have to say about the Yankees for now. Um, before we get to before we get to our bets, I do want to bring up. <laughs> this story. Did you guys hear about um the um Carl Nassib story? Yeah, man, becoming, Solution, the, becoming the becoming the first like active NFL player to come out at, to come out as gay. Yeah, you we support on the Get Your Game On podcast. Adam, sorry to cut you off. We definitely. I mean, we um, don't we don't no, hate well,
1: if you're black. That. We don't hate if you're white. We don't we don't care if you're gay, lesbian, or straight. We support every athlete. Exactly, we, exactly, there's no we don't do racist here, and exactly. if you guys are racist, pop uh, it, viewers are racist. We don't, we don't, we don't want your business.
0: It, we don't support, just so, you. yeah. Just so you guys know, if, if any of you listen to this podcast, like are racist, like um, transphobic, homophobic, whatever the ca- this podcast isn't for you. That's all we're gonna say. <sighs> One of my closest friends in my inner circle.
1: Is gay and I love the dad Patrick yeah.
0: Gilson, what, what, to of our, yeah, 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 That's our brother, uh, Patrick. If you're listening to this, like, we support you. Um, one of my best <laughs> friends from elementary school, like, on that size is gay as well. Um, but, but 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 to get back to Carl Nassib, like, I'm surprised it took this long for um an active NFL player to come out. I'm I thought they the would laws. come out sooner.
1: I thought they would come out sooner.
0: Yeah, I, I, when I heard that it was the first, I'm like, I could have sworn that um that, like, someone else, like, came out earlier. Like, I could have sworn. So, the fact that it's been the first, like, player to come out as like, I found that a little surprising that it's taking us all. But, nevertheless, the day is here, and, like, and Carl Nassif, if you're listening to this podcast, we salute you, we support you, and I don't know if you guys saw this on, uh, like, Fan X, but Carl Nassif's jersey has been, like, the highest-selling NFL jersey, and I was thinking you know what? I couldn't be happier. I mean I mean Alex, you got anything to say? Uh
2: yeah, I I support anyone in Carl's position and and it's awesome to to hear this kind of news and I just want everyone to be be free with their say and can't and, and also don't don't hesitate to say anything that you think will be embarrassing because at the end of the day it's about your greater health and and your wellness of of doing things and it's just a big topic for everyone to understand and i'm just glad that that this is happening more often and i just feel like it's it's definitely a great story to put the start of this
0: yeah it's definitely a very like great story um so shout out to khanasso salute to khanasso and you know (laughs) So I would really say we so, we um, support gay rights and you know what, uh, as 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 we as you like to say love is love. That's all. We, that's all I really gotta say. So, moving on to our bets of the episode, and to recap last week, uh, episode, last episode, episode twenty six. Guess what? Four. Every single one of us lost except for one, and that's me. That's right, Michael, my friend, was the only one last episode to take a W. Michael had the Clippers yeah, over yeah, the yeah. Jazz, as on my line, and Paul George over twenty. Both of those happened. That his same game parlay paid off, and he, and he won his bed. but. Everyone else lost. I had the Nets over the Bucks in Game Seven, so y'all know how that ended. Alex had the Red Sox over the Royals. Royals beat the Red Sox. David had the Golden Knights over the Canadians. Canadians beat the Golden Knights. Chris had the Nets over the Bucks money line, and we all know how that ended. And Marcellus had the Mets over the Nationals on the money line, and and he lost that bet as well. So. To give you an update on the standings. Guys, we have a new ringleader. We have a new champion right now. We have a new ringleader in the house, guys. My good friend, Michael Cunningham is currently right now sitting in first place. 14-12 record, one hundred twenty-five point eighty. Nine points. <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> all Who's, right. Adam, say it one more time. Say it again. Michael, you are in first place.
1: <laughs> Adam, this is killing you, isn't it, buddy?
0: Only on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Alex, is this killing you too, Alex? I'm in first place? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, I mean, Dave is in 2nd place, 17-9 record, 123.02 points. Chris is in 3rd place, 12-14 and record, 114.76 points. I'm in 4th place, 11-15 record. I've lost like 4th straight bet, 11-15 record, 113.22 points. Marcellus is in 5th place, 15-11 record, 89.03 points. And Alex, my friend, with his seventh straight loss, 917 record, 53.75 points. So, me and Alex, my friend, are on some cold streaks.
1: <laughs> Alex, you can get a
0: win, brother. I
1: pray that you get a win. Seven, seven straight L's, brother. What a shame. What a pity. Alex, who, who's in first place again?
0: <laughs> Alright, so time to make our bets. Um, We do have uh, David's bet right here. Um, David is picking the Lightning over the Islanders in game seven. And then game six. So that's uh, David's bet. So I, I, I'm going to go. Do we have a uh, Marcellus' bet? I'm to pick for him. All right, so Michael, you're going to pick, once again, pick for him again, and I'm going to pick for Chris, so I'm going to go first, and you know what? David, if you're listening to this podcast, this episode, I'm going to challenge David on head-to-head. I'm going to go with the Islanders over the Lightning in Game 6 of the, of, um, the uh, Stanley Cup semifinals. I think, like, the Islanders with their backs against the wall in, my, in what might be, like, the final game at Nassau Coliseum, you know, their the last home game, their last home game, I think they're going to come out fighting. I think, um, I think they're going to um, – even though they, like, had this bad loss and we don't know what's going to happen with Matthew Barzell, is he going to play, is he, is he not? But as of right now, I, I believe he's going to – is he going to – I believe, like, like, um, he is going to play. The league's not going to suspend him. I, don't, I mean, I, I, that's at least my take um, on the whole situation. But I've got the Islanders over the Lightning on the money line in game six. All right. Alex, my friend, you're up.
2: Okay. In the words of Charles Barkley, I guarantee this will be a dub. Please on, brother. Was it? Okay. Uh, since I'm on a seven-game division streak, and I, I got my ways of turning this around, I am going to go with Milwaukee Brewers Moneyline.
0: Milwaukee Brewers Moneyline. You know what? I don't hate it. That's a smart bet. Good. good job, Mijo. All right, for Chris's bet, I'm gonna go for him, and you know what? I am, I am gonna take um, the Bucks on the spread. Bucks are minus seven and a half right now, so I'm gonna take that and Buck. Yeah, Bucks on the spread in game one. All right. Michael, you're going to do Marcellus's right now. Yeah, go ahead. Bucks over Hawks. Giannis giving a double double. All right. I don't think we could do double double though, so it has to be like um. You allowed to do a double. I, I I I I'm not I'm not sure if that's available on same me part or like it's the same game parlay. Trust me. All right. If, if if it isn't i'll just put down like y'all you know, scoring 25 or more all right all right if it isn't all right and for yours truly Bill, all right last up michael bring the heat as you can
1: see my friend i have you know adam i was thinking about thinking about my 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 idol the late great Kobe and there was an article that said devin Booker is turning into a new Kobe bryant you know what? I believe it. I am going to Suns for game 3. Devin Booker 25 points or more. Now, okay, you did that sucker.
0: All right. So, Michael's go with the Suns over the Clippers and Devin Booker 25 or more. Yeah, that's in the bag.
1: The brother's been averaging 40 points, 30, 25, 30 points a game. No
0: question. All right. All right. So that's all for our bets. And that's all for this episode. Before we lag off here, um, we want to wish, like, all the dads out there, we hope we all enjoyed, like, your Father's Day weekend. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And, Especially to my dad if you're listening. I love you and...
1: Same with you, Dan. You know you annoy me.
0: I still love you. (laughs) Alex, you want to go ahead? Uh, I would like to wish my dad a happy
2: Father's Day. And I know that you had the best.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, any final thoughts, Alex or Michael? Nope. Uh, nope. Alright, that's it. This has been episode twenty seven of the Get Your Game of Podcast with yours truly, I'm Grassani, Michael Cunningham Alex Reach, Dip De- Ava Heller I'm sorry. This has been episode twenty-seven of the Get Your Game of Podcast with yours truly, I'm Grassani, Cunningham and Alex Reach. If you for heard, leave a like and follow or subscribe to the podcast. Also if you're gonna join the conversation, drop a comment or review or it may feature it in a feature episode right, right those who you Jesus just fancy. You can measure a world, believe in it, and die in it. See you next time, and until then, stay lit. And well.